This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, you're listening to Beyond the Ballot Box with me, Tafren Johan. Calls for a political funding or political financing act have been growing louder ever since former Prime Minister Najib Razak tried to explain off millions of dollars flowing into his personal bank account as political donations from Saudi's late King Abdullah. But the fact of the matter is this. The need for a political funding act goes beyond Najib and his various corruption charges. It is about strengthening people's power and preserving people's interests more than the interests of the elite. So this is what we're going to be discussing today on the show. So joining me on today's episode to unpack all of it is Dr. Kasim Noor Mohammad, criminologist at Nottingham Trent University. Welcome to the show, Dr. Kasim. Let's start from the basics. What is political funding? Uh, thank you uh, for having me in the show. Well, um, I think in a nutshell, what political funding or political financing refers to how political parties and individual politicians raise money for election campaigns, daily operations, and any other activities related to the, uh, you know, the political spectrum. Right. And w- do you think it is important to regulate um, funds received by political parties or politicians themselves? I think that's a one million dollar question everyone <laughs> has been asking. You know. Um, well, I, I do believe it's very important to regulate it in order to ensure uh, that such uh, contributions are for the stated purposes uh, and not for any other reasons, you know, uh, corrupt reasons, for example, to be used as bribes, uh, to secure lucrative government contracts, for instance. It's also important to regulate uh, what can be used for political funding uh, purposes and what cannot, as well as the limits, you know, Right. Uh, for example, state resources uh, cannot be used as political funds or donation by government-linked companies, GLCs, because that is actually, uh, you know, you are misusing funds, which is public funds. Right. Okay. So this is prevent unfair advantage for the ruling government, especially, uh, who have uh, access to all these resources and the abuse of state resources. Right. Right. Uh, I think also important is when foreign donation for political fin- uh, financing is concerned, there has to be transparency. Right. Um, and the regulation on the limit in order to prevent foreign interference, as well as interest in controlling domestic politics and uh, interests. So I think uh, it's, it's, it is important also because if the source is unknown, there is a possibility of ill-gotten gains to be laundered off as a political donation to candidates and political parties. I think I think we can see a lot of that being questioned now. How does the lack of political funding regulations hamper democracy and the people's power, the people's will? In other words, how does politics work in reality? What are people not realising here? I think uh, it's, it, it is a very good question there. You know, for instance, big businesses can make huge political donations um, to ensure that their interests are protected uh, at the expense of public interest. Okay. Um, and then foreign donation can also influence the politics of a country, uh, hijacking the interests of the masses or the citizens. So accepting huge donations from government-linked companies uh, 
risk the usage of public funds for political gains of one political party and not the other, thus creating almost an unlevel, uh, what you call, uh, playing field. I think if you're talking about big businesses, mm-hmm. you're talking about corporation and big businesses. Right. Big businesses. Now, what is the benefit? Yes. You know of of this, if mm-hmm. there is lack of political funding, mm-hmm. uh, of political funding legislation, for instance. Now, big corporation they can make big donation in the hope of rewards from politician uh, who are in position of power to grant them. Now, for example, government contracts. Okay. And then they can also expect politicians to make policies that benefit their business interests. For example, monopolizing certain what they call industries or or businesses. Right. Now, that's why it's very important for us to have a clear legislation detailing, you know, what is uh, what can be done and what cannot be done with political. Uh, I mean, uh, legislation on political funding. Right. So, just to be clear, what you're saying is essentially right. A lot of people have this assumption that, okay, political parties exist, um, they, they go for elections, and then whoever wins are supposed to help the people, and, and yeah. that's it, right? But in reality, what tends to happen is that political parties help those people who keep their careers alive, uh, who, who pay their salaries, in essence, right? What ends up happening is corporations or big businesses, they say, they tell political parties, oh, I'm going to give you millions and millions of millions of dollars or ringgit or whatever. So you can run the elections, you can do your promo campaign, you can do everything and you can win the elections. But then, so after that, when it comes time to uh, uh, write the policies, to implement policies, you're not going to increase our tax taxes on us. You're going to reduce taxes on big business. You're going to allow us these leeways, all these things. Is that what you're saying, like when it comes to the political realities, not just in Malaysia, but in many parts of the world, that that's how it works and hence we need a political funding act? Yeah, um, I think I think what, what we got to understand is... Uh, Political parties needs to to run their parties and their operations. They do need uh, money to do that. You know uh, that's a given for any political parties anywhere in the world. Okay, uh, they do that. But how those kind of funding is being channeled to the political parties needs to be clear, transparent. Okay, mm-hmm. because otherwise it's open to abuse. Now, for instance, you know. Uh, why again the question you ask why is it important to have political fund, uh, financing act there are many other countries that have it okay but malaysia doesn't have it now the ambiguity can create a can create a lot of confusion okay so that's why we need to have that and the other thing one one needs to remember is that political parties when they go for elections they become mps they answerable to the public okay they are answerable to the citizen. Okay, they must not then be answerable only to organization which supports them, because they are elected by the masses, not by the corporations. Okay, you know, the corporations aside, right. they have a responsibility. You know, so in in Malay they call it wakil rakyat. They are not wakil corporation. Okay? Mm-hmm. So they must be wakil to the rakyat. Okay, so the right they answerable to the the public. Okay. So that that's one of the things. I, I think uh, I'm I'm going off tangent a bit there, you know. But if if you look at it, you know, why do we need now? We have so many cases nowadays that has come up, you know, high-profile cases. Many politicians have been 
you know, allegedly uh, char- charged, allegedly for abusing fund for corrupt practices. For example, uh, former PM is being charged for abuse of power and misappropriation of one MDB funds. Okay, uh, former DPM is being charged for receiving political donation from certain parties uh, and also being charged for CBT. Similarly, there are politicians who have been accused of uh, what they call CBT. You know, now a political funding act is essential for holding political parties as well as politicians accountable. You know, they need to be accountable to the people. Right. Okay. So, so this is to ensure transparency over sources of fund that they have uh, and preventing misappropriation, for instance, bribery, fraud, abuse of power of the funds. Okay. Um, so without clearly de- defined regulations um, on political funding, any party could receive contribution without limit and for whichever sources as there is no transparency there. So what are some of, some examples of political financing regulations um, on a global level and how has it benefited democracy and more importantly, the people in those countries? Well, that's another excellent question. Okay. <laughs> I can I can refer you to a study by the Asia Pacific uh, Regional Support for Election and Political Transition. In short, it's called Respect. Okay, <laughs> the definition of what is legitimate political funding and what is not uh, will depend on the agreed upon definitions in any any bill or, or legislation. Okay, so it differs from country to country. Right. Okay? Uh, for example, 67.8% or 122 countries uh, globally ban anonymous funding mm. uh, in order to ensure transparency uh, of party funding and a greater chance of monitoring compliance um, with political finance regulation. Okay? Another statistic I can say is 68.3% or 123 countries globally uh, and 87.5%, which is 158 countries, uh, prohibits uh, uh, what they call foreign political donation in order to prevent uh, what they call foreign influence or interference. Right. Uh, so this is the principle of self-determination. Mm-hmm. Now this includes countries like Indonesia, Philippines and Timor-Leste. And then Singapore, for instance. I'll give you an example of Singapore. Singapore has a political donation act which restricts uh, foreign interference in its domestic politics. Okay which also sees a ban on anonymous donation exceeding 5,000 5, Singapore dollars. Now, however, if you look at Malaysia, uh, we don't have any legislation on that. Right. Okay? Some have given excuses that uh, they use this line of argument to claim that you know whatever is found in their account is actually political funding. It may come from uh, donation by Arabs right. and, and all that. Now, 48.9% or 88 countries uh, globally ban political uh, donation by corporations. All right. Okay? With partial government ownership. Okay, so that means like GLCs and all that. So in order to avoid misuse of public funds for political purposes. So G, G, uh, GLCs, if you, if you look at it, they are actually custodian of public wealth. Okay, uh, it would be wrong you know, for GLCs to be aligned to any political party by donating to one and not the other. Right. Okay. So, and there's another percentage, 
uh, which I can uh, bore you with, is we have 20, uh, 20, 25.6 or 46 countries globally have a complete ban on corporate donation to political parties. Right. To reduce corruption risk and safeguard the integrity of the um, public procurement. For example, Canada, Chile and Estonia. And 46 countries globally have limits to donation for political funding purposes. Now, why can't we have right. legislation that suits uh, the, the environment and the situation in our country? On the show with me today is Dr. Kasim Noor Muhammad, criminologist at Nottingham Trent University. After the break, I ask him if Malaysians need a shift in mindset. We'll be right back on Beyond the Ballot Box, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Beyond the Ballot Box. I'm Dashan Johan, and on the show with me today is Dr. Kasim Noor Muhammad, criminologist at Nottingham Trent University, and we're discussing why we need a political funding act ASAP. So, Dr. Kasim, if at present uh, a politician receives a large sum of money from a private company, a corporation, or even a GLC, he can be a politician from either side of the aisle. Is that allowed? Let's say now they are trying to push for a generational endgame for smoking. And then a tobacco, big tobacco business comes and says, here's 10 million ringgit, 20 million ringgit. Don't pass the bill in parliament. Is that allowed? Well, if you look at this, uh, I can give you an example of the US right. where, where the lobbyist comes, comes mm-hmm. in. You know, if uh, uh, one example is where when you talk about fossil fuels and people start to talk about renewable energy, the fossil fuel companies will come with their own ideas of, oh, that's not right, that's not, you know. So they will have their own, uh, what they call, uh, arguments mm-hmm. and, and also c- uh, come with them with a cloud of uh, finances that they have right. to lobby. Okay. Now, where where Malaysia is concerned now, I come back to Malaysia, mm-hmm. since there are no laws or regulation against political finding, uh, funding, it may not be a criminal offence to receive political donation from company or individuals. Now, because there's no legislation, that's why you can see many who are questioned about the sources of funding that comes in, the first place they will say is political funding. Right. Because there's no legislation on political funding. Okay. Now, this means that any politician or political party, like I said, can receive political donation from a corporation, individual, provided that the money is actually not from illegal, what they call, sources. So the issue becomes criminal if it can be proven that the politician who received the funds are in a position to return favours to the giver of the donation by virtue of the politician's post. Now, we have uh, now a few cases in court uh, that actually in in prosecution uh, stage, which is looking into that angle. Right. Now, for example, in the UKSB case, okay, uh, the former DPM is facing 33 charges uh, of receiving bribes amounting to Singapore 13.56 million uh, as the then Home Minister uh, for it, to extend their contract, for instance, and the foreign visa VLN system. Now, again, like I said, the job is the prosecution team. Uh, to provide evidence that the accused has received the monies and in return extended the firm contract by virtue of his authority and powers as the minister then. Okay? 
Now, if the same company gives political donation to other politicians who do not have position of power uh, to grant favors for them by virtue of his or her position in the government, then it would be a separate case for us to look into not connected to this, but uh, any particular corruption cases. Right. Uh, it's quite ambiguous there. Yes, and and that's that ambiguity. I want to you know dig into a little bit more, right, Doctor Kasim? Because from what I understand, let's just break it down in layman terms, right? So bribery is illegal in this country, right? So if a big business explicitly comes to you and says, "Here's two million ringgit, give me contract," then of course you know if you if you have the evidence that that is indeed what happened then that is illegal, it's wrong, you can charge the person and all that. The problem lies if a big business comes to a politician and say, hey, here's two million ringgit, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you can help the people with it. Is that where the ambiguity is? Because if you say it's political donation and you don't say what's it for, you're not bribing them, you're not saying give me this explicitly, you're just giving them, here's 2 million bucks to this political party. Here's 10 million ringgit to this political party. Here's 20 million ringgit to this political party. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You do what with what you will with the money. Therein lies the, the problem, right? Yeah, well, I think I think in terms of the context of what you're asking, mm-hmm. actually, you answered the question itself there. The wink, wink, you know. Now, if you go in, that's why we say we need transparency. Yes. You know, transparency is very important. Okay, uh, and the other thing is when you talk about bribery, even bribery in its crudest form, you know, it, it's quite difficult for you to ascertain. That's why when they say bribery, money under the table, right? Okay, you know, everything is under the table, swept under the carpet. There's right. so many soft, soft kind of bribery and all that. You know, for one of the things when you speak about is about you know companies coming in with. Uh, uh, masses of uh, funding and they say okay that's it this is for you uh, you know and and they may not be explicit about what they want yep. you know they just say this is for you okay but now if there is a relation between the giving and then the the what they call getting the benefits after giving you know that too can be construed as uh, bribery and corruption, right? Okay, okay. Uh, and and I think you know there, there's a lot of uh, I, I think one of the things if we look at what's happening here and how uh, difficult a task the authorities, especially the Malaysian Anti-Corruption Commission, uh, is tasked with in investigating these cases, you know, it is. Um, it is almost a miracle in a sense that they managed to, you know, to gather the right evidence to bring it in, you know, because a lot of this is, uh, uh, there's layers and layers of, you know, uh, um, strategies which impedes uh, proper investigation, but they managed to bring it up. Over the past couple of years, we've seen many high-profile uh, politicians tangled in scandals and cor- in going in and out of court and various things like that, right? Um, some politicians have been charged, some have not been charged, and then others, they have been charged, but then they get acquitted. And sometimes people's immediate reaction is they blame the judiciary, you know, immediately. But could 
also tie into what we are talking about today, which is a lack of political funding regulations, which means that when they go, it's difficult to charge them because they can just come and say, no, this is for political donations. I'm not taking a bribe. I'm, I'm taking political donations. And the understanding is, uh, the, or the implication is, political donation will benefit the people. What I think we have to understand is that we do not have political financing mm-hmm. laws. Okay? and regulation yet. So, hence, it is, maybe it's not a crime for politicians and political parties to accept political funding and private donations. Now, those who have been charged uh, must be charged under existing laws, right. uh, such as the MACC Act 2009, the CBT or Anti-Money Laundering, Anti-Terrorism Fining, Proceeds of Unlawful Activities uh, Act 2001, and the prosecution there must prove elements of corruption, criminal CBT, and or the money received is from illegal, what they call, proceeds. Now, to prove this element can be very technical, uh, like I said before, you know, and uh, heads off to uh, the authorities for investigating many of these high-profile cases. Uh, very technical and pertains to the detail of law. Okay, hence, ordinary Malaysians <laughs> like us, okay, uh, may not grasp with the details and the nuances right of the prosecution trials. You know, we can get trial by media, trial by, by public on an ongoing case. And then we get these different ideas, okay? Uh, but in addition, many of us may not understand uh, some why some are convicted, like you said, and why some were not. Uh, why in the beginning some were charged and some why some were not. Uh, the cause this is caused by confusing statement issued by politicians, uh, especially those who have been charged, mm. to try to uh, deflect and detract, uh, distract from the real charges against them. I think that's human nature. When when you're charged with something, you try to see yes. it wrong. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know. So as those who have been charged, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting polit- all politicians in the same brush, but as they are politicians. It is, it is expected uh, of them to accuse whichever government is in power for selective prosecution. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. And political agendas uh, to charge as well as investigate them. Now, this is trying maybe to clear their own name, uh, state their innocence, and victimization by scapegoating government institutions like the MACC police or the AG chambers. Um, so casting aspiration that their political enemies who are in power use this institution uh, to attack them. Right. Okay. Uh, so for example, uh, there was a case where one politician was charged for misusing uh, the youth wings, uh, what they call uh, uh, funds, uh, and was charged for CBT for about one million. Right. Uh, and claimed to be innocent. And the char- this is an ongoing case. So, yep. so the prosecution still have to prove their case to, uh, on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a political attack. But by giving those kind of statements in public, you know, uh, that is actually subsidies to an ongoing case. So that's why the presiding judge uh, reminded that the statement could be subsidies and contempt of court. Right. So it, uh, it has to be understood that... Uh, Facts of the charge is not on the issue of receiving political funding, but of CBT. Right. <laughs> you know, so there, there is a difference there. Yep. 
So Malaysians should be aware. I mean, like the question you asked, Malaysians should be aware that many who have been charged, they don't even have to be politicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the moment, since we are talking about political funding, we talk about politicians who have been charged and undergoing trial for various offences uh, pertaining to corruption, CBT, or money laundering, are from all sides of the political divide. Okay, uh, whether they are from the ruling party or from the opposition. Now, therefore, people should allow the legal and court processes to proceed, you know, without without interruption or insinuation that can color, you know, the perception of the case. Uh, one of the things we got to remember is judgment by the judiciary, you know, is always based on facts. Okay, they cannot run away from facts. Okay, so when Certain sides of the political divide will say the judges is good because uh, they came up with a very good sentence against their op- their opponents. Okay, uh, what if the judgment come on their side? They might say, "Well, the judges is not All right." right. You know. Mm-hmm. So, but one of the things we got, we we must remember is that facts and evidence comes from a thorough investigation. Okay, a thorough investigation are done by the investigators. The investigators done uh, does a good job in order to bring the case to the prosecution. The prosecution being bring the case to the judiciary. The judiciary comes up with the decision. But in the end, who gets the uh, kudos and accolades? The judiciary, not those those people right. who are investigating. But if the case goes wrong, you can see what happens. The investigators get the blame. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So uh, I I find it intriguing. Yep. Uh, to see this, you know, uh, so that's why I, I must say, you know, uh, when it comes to any form of investigation and facts and evidence that goes to court, we must give kudos to the people who deserve it. They are the unsung heroes. Now, I remember when Said Sadiq was charged, he did a public fundraising or a crowdfunding on social media um, to sort of fund his uh, legal defense team and, and so on and so forth. Um, there were many who questioned him, asking things like, why are you asking the people for money? Why don't you ask um, billionaires? Why don't you ask your rich friends? And so on and so forth. Uh, my question is, do the Malaysian masses need a change in mindset? I'm not saying everyone must donate whenever there's a crowdfunding or shouldn't question the purpose of a fundraising campaign. But whether we need a change of mindset in terms of how we understand um, political funding, how we understand money in politics, that if political parties or politicians are running or surviving on the funds of the ultra-wealthy, then they will serve the ultra-wealthy. But if the funds come from the people, then they will serve the people. What are your thoughts on this? Now, that has happened with many politicians. Right. Not only this. Yes. You know, we have previous cases, even online newspapers. Malaysia Kini did a very successful crowdfunding when yes. they were judged. So it's it's up to those who, who are asked to give or not. Yes. You are not compelled. But one of the things we got to remember, and I'm, I'm being a skeptic here, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, you know, uh, uh, I'm not trying to put ideas in here. And I hope it's not becoming an idea to someone <laughs> who aspires to be a politician. But sometimes, you know, the... The pretext of asking for crowdfunding could be a precursor to to get political funding uh, from a different source. Right. Yeah. So that's why we need 
to ensure that when it comes to political funding, now what constitute political funding, what doesn't constitute political funding needs to be clearly, clearly ascertained. Right. Uh, now it could be a bit, you know, for instance, I give, I can give you one example. Mm-hmm. I think this could be my my last sentence on this. Right. Uh, for instance, in Singapore, you 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 have a uh, you can you can you can uh, fund anonymously for less than five thousand Singapore dollars. Right. Okay. Now, for instance, if I'm a rich businessman, mm-hmm. I can put a thousand donation of four thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine. Right. And then it becomes anonymous. Mm-hmm. You know, so we got to make sure that the legislation, as well as the uh, what uh, enforcement of the legislation, is there. Now, who do we decide uh, is going to enforce those legislation? Now, these are questions that we need to uh, cater for. Absolutely, lots to think about, lots more to talk about. Um, but I think we'll keep it here for now. Thank you so much for joining me today, Doctor Kasim. Thank you for inviting me. That was Dr. Kasim Noor Mohammad, criminologist at Nottingham Trent University. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We are available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Beyond the Ballot Box, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.